My name is William Menard, and this is The American Immigrant, the podcast about immigration in America. My guest today is Jenny. She's a legal assistant in Pennsylvania and an immigrant to the United States. Thank you for joining me today, Jenny. Thank you for inviting me. So, Jenny, where are you from? I'm from Dominican Republic. And you actually came to the United States for love. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, I met uh, my boyfriend, what's my husband now, in 1992. Um, he went to Dominican Republic for um, vacation. We met, I remember I was just like probably like 14 years old. And I met him, um, fall in love, and we keep, you know, relationship. Then he came to the United States, relationship kept going. We talked over the phone. Then in 1996, I decided to come to the United States and met him here. But when you came to this country, you didn't have any lawful documentation to be here. What was that like? Um, when I came here, I came to New York, Bronx, New York. Um, being without documentation, it's really difficult, especially because when I came here, I just graduated from high school and I want to keep um, going to school. And I was not able to finish school. I just started like courses, like ESL classes. Um, that's English as a second language, that I probably finished one or two of them. But that's all at that point what I can do because I, I didn't have documentation. I was not able to go to the college and finish, like, you know, a college education. Um, work, it's it was hard for me because I didn't work because I was not able to work because I don't have documentation to legally work in the country. Anytime you can be stopped by any a law enforcement member and that makes you like you know feel like miserable like you don't have no choice but at the same time you know I know and I have the feeling that one day something is going to happen and like something is going to be better it, it, I'm not saying that my life was like you know the worst but it was really hard and difficult to leave without going to school, especially because I like to go to school and that I cannot even work during that time. You eventually do, though, uh, gain legal status in the United States. How, how did that happen? Um, yes, my husband was a law permanent resident back when I came here in the country. So my husband petitioned me, Tim's, um, Tim's God and and say President Bill Clinton that he brought a law um, 245I, which I qualified for, and I applied under the 245I, who allowed me to stay here in the country. So I would say after we file, um, we receive I receive um, working permit. Couple months I would say after we file, so that's um, make my my life changed totally when. Um, I received my employment card because then I was allowed to get driver's license as a security card. So I started working. It, it, it was like totally different as soon as I have my employment card. It's like this feeling of freedom now that you can live and, and be uh, out in the open in a way. Yes, yes, it was. It was like a change of my life, totally change. Um, unfortunately, I want to go back to school but I have my daughter. Then in 1999, I have my older daughter who prevent me. I was I, I don't have no other family members here to help me uh, to take care of my kids. Um, but 
at least was like another big step that I have done on my life. So it seemed that everything was going well, um, that you were kind of on your way. You eventually did get your green card, uh, your permanent resident card here in the United States, right? Um, yes, yes, I did. Um, November 2006, I received my green card. Um, then in 2006, um, December 2006, I had my third child. Actually, that didn't plan to have it, but thanks God, it was healthy, and I have him. And then you had some, uh, your your husband ran into some issues with both immigration and, and law enforcement. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. My husband got a problem in 2004, I would say 2004, and... Um, and that's when my nightmare start. He has um, like a charge in New York, and it was like an attempt of arson because he had tend to burn a car, and he got charged for that. And then for that, he got like um, probation. And in 2009, he after he completed probation, everything was done. Uh, he told everything, it's okay. They told, um, probation officers actually told him that he's going to be okay, that it's not going to be a problem for him. If he traveled out the country, he just, you know, he will be okay. And he traveled to Dominican Republic. So his um, grandfather was sick, so he went back and visited him. Came for a couple of weeks. And when he came back in 2009, that um, he was arrested by U.S. Um, immigration by ICE. Four, three o'clock, my husband called me. And he called me from the prison in Lackawanna County. When he was transferred from Philadelphia to Lackawanna the same day, and he told me, immigration took me in custody. That was when... My life changed, totally changed. I have my three kids, I don't know what's going on. And he told me like, you know, they have me in custody, I'm gonna see a judge and this and that. They're not gonna release me, I'm in jail. See, I told him like, what? So right away, as soon as he told me that, he told me like, go find an attorney, trying to figure out what's going on. So, I contacted an immigration attorney right away, met with the attorney same day, explained the situation, attorney explained to me, you know, what's going to happen, what's happening, and possible work can be done, and the attorney, same day, attorney went and met with him at the jail, trying to figure out what's going on. So for you, um, so it was just you uh, with your three kids at home. It was just just the four of you. Yes, we. Uh, <clears throat> yes, it was um, just for us. And my husband had the business. I was working in a school in Pennsylvania as a teacher assistant. And my husband invitation. I was like, you know take care of the business, get in the business, and 
the end, I quit my job because I cannot handle it. I was like getting crazy, like not eating at all, like stressed with all these things going on. I am closing the business and ending receiving and going for government help because my husband was in detention for you know already back in that time I would say maybe four six months already and when I closed the business and I cannot handle it anymore emotional I was like nothing I was like just getting strong because my kids need me but it was devastated you know with all this immigration process as soon as we figured out that he's gonna stay in prison I remember my first day I never be in a prison and we went to see my husband and that's when I took my kids to see him because it's been a while and he didn't know because we thought that he's gonna be released from jail um you know and I don't have no choice. That's when I explain my little son, the youngest one, about what's going on. Like, you know, your dad is in, in a place that, you know, that is custody. I told him just like he's in custody for something that he didn't do right. And, but I need to take my kids to see his dad because it's been a while and they didn't see him. And... I remember the first day that I got in jail and see him. And when I go to the business room and I saw him through a window, that you cannot even touch him for days. And when I see that back door from that business room got closed, I feel like I was like, nowhere and I remember that was the lady that told me be strong you need to be strong because I saw that your kids are outside and they need you and my husband started crying as soon as he saw me but yeah so I say you know what we need to move forward we need to be strong and when I when he saw my kids, he started crying again, and he tried to explain my little one, the reason why he's there, that he's gonna be there for a while. And my son, even like he was little, he understood what's going on, going through all this process, all this you know, matter with my husband, with my family, with my kids. I will not forget one day that I wake up really, really early in the morning. And I have a friend that offered me to go and clean the house for a friend of her. And I say, okay, I need the money because I don't have no money back at that time. And I remember it was for Father's Day. And it was a huge house. It was a big house and I was just cleaning the house by myself so I can earn some money because I want to go take my kids and visit my husband that day 
And I remember that I cleaned the house and I tried to do a good job and and I love to clean, by the way, but yeah. And I try to do it as fast as I can because I want to go and take one of the visits and make it to visit my husband. Two hours drive from where I was living, where he was back in that. He was already in York County Prison in York, Pennsylvania. And I remember that I we made like a poster saying like, Happy Father's Day. And my kids were wearing like a shirt which says Happy Father's Day. And I am cleaning the house so I earn some kind of money so I can put gas, drive over there, put some money to my husband so he can buy food over there in the prison. And I remember that I, I tried like a little bit fast so I can make it to the visit. And when we got there, it was too late. And we didn't make it. My kids and myself just and see him through the window. Because where he was, actually, when you got in the parking lot, you can see, you, you were allowed to see him. And we just end to put in the poster so he can see what we wrote for him. And then we just end talking to him over the phone. And we didn't see him that day. But, and what I'm trying to see, so with this, I understand and I know when immigration separate families, how hard it is for them. Even like, you know, people made mistakes. There is family that didn't make mistakes. And they even get separate for each other. And I, I know how that feels. And I hope that step to separate families one day something can happen with immigration so they can re, re, renew like re, meet like families together instead of separate them and that's perfectly what I understand what they're going through when they got separated from kids, moms, fathers really hard, really hard to go through all that that sounds extremely difficult, and I hope immigration officials listen to your story and understand how hard it can be for families. Um, but you did pursue your husband's case. You did persevere. Tell me what happened. And we told that everything will be okay. Then they scheduled him for hearing immigration hearing in front of the immigration judge in York County. And we went to the first hearing, um, the immigration judge told the attorney, you know, file the documents, get ready. I remember that my attorney was ready with everything for that day. And they just say, yeah, okay, it's fine. He took everything, all the applications, everything. And then 
the hearing was done, then they scheduled him for another hearing. Then when they scheduled him for a final hearing again, they rescheduled him, I didn't appear to that, this hearing because um, we thought in any way that the judge already made a decision that he's going to be removed from the country. And what, what, were, what were you thinking you were going to do? I cannot handle it. It's my kids cannot go to the Dominican Republic. My husband doesn't have no family in the Dominican Republic. And that's then my attorney, he moved to, um, I'm sorry, my attorney appealed the decision from the judge. Um, he appealed to the decision from the judge to the, with the BIA, the Board of Immigration Appeal. And so the, the immigration, as you said, the immigration judge denied it, and the BIA ultimately denied his case as well. But then uh, he appealed it again, and, yes. and in the end, he actually, actually ended up winning the case. Yes, yes. What, After, what was it like when, when he finally won okay, his case? Yeah, so the federal court ordered my husband to be released as soon as possible because his detention, it was like unconstitutional. He was sitting already in prison for 12 months and two, I'm sorry, 12 years and two months already in detention. Two years and two months. Two years and two months in detention fighting for his immigration case because he, you know, first he had the faith that he, the attorney was doing a great job and he has the faith that his country is going to give him another opportunity and fighting because it's no way that he's going to leave his family here in the country and no way that he can go back to to Dominican Republic when he doesn't have no family in there. So he said, I'm going to keep fighting for my, you know, for my case. And that's what we all did after the two years and two months in jail. They released him. It was the most wonderful day when we saw, like, if you want to make it, you can make it. You just need to be strong and fight for your rights. Um, lucky him. We have a um, citizenship application pending for him that my attorney filed for him back in 2010. Uh, we moved forward with the citizenship, and he's now a U.S. citizen. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. And, uh, and you also have become a U.S. citizen yes, since then, I am. right? Yes, I became a U.S. citizen in 2010. 13, if I'm not wrong, 2013, I became citizen. Now we are all United States citizens. Um, you actually took all the, uh, you know, you used a lot of legal terms uh, throughout this conversation, um, and you took a lot of the knowledge that you got doing this process, and, and you're actually working uh, for an immigration firm now. Um, what kind of perspective do you grab from, from kind of from what you've done, you've gone through in your life? How does that translate to communicating with clients and, and <clears throat> kind of having empathy or understanding or in a way of talking with them? How has it changed how you, how you speak with them? Um, I would say first that I try to, um, you know, when I meet with the clients, it's like, please 
try not to get in trouble because there are consequences. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, same time, it's like, you know, there's always something that you can do. Be, you know, positive. Five for your rights. Five for your case. Talk to an attorney. Get, like, you know, an advice for an attorney. Never do anything without an attorney. First to do any step with immigration, definitely, that I learned. First, go to an attorney. Because I remember um, back when my husband um, was being back and forth to go to see the officers in Philadelphia, they actually told him, you don't need an attorney. He believed in that. And he never went to see an immigration attorney. So I suggest, like, always first have a, an advice for an attorney. Um, I think that's a good note to end on. Uh, Jenny, I want to thank you for coming on the show and thank sharing you your for story. Bye. And this is the American Immigrant.